back everybody this is episode two of the technical area with me your host gaffer Graymo, once again uh, yes last week wasn't um once off i'm not just back and with a flash in the behind i do plan and do aim on keeping this up consistently over the next uh, next couple of weeks i just to get the feedback the pod to see how things go and you know if all things going well this will continue hopefully again for uh, the remainder of the FM nineteen life cycle, what is left of it, and then into FM twenty. Just want to start in the pot off as well. Again, we're just saying thank you to everyone for the positive responses, the great feedback, and like the the welcome back to the pod world and the FM community. Uh, it's really meant a lot. Nice to know I've, I have been missed, and for those of you who you know who are listening for the first time. Uh, welcome along. I hope you enjoyed it, the journey that the, the technical area will bring. Um, this week has been a bit busy for me. I'm not gonna lie, and as but then again, you know, you check your podcast feed and FM pods just seem to be uh, popping out of the woodwork all this week as well. So I'm hoping that I can avoid overloading your FM circuits and you know. Keep the FM chatter, keep it interesting enough. That will mean that by the end of this pod, you're not going to just go home, or if you're sitting at home there now, just uninstall FM 19 after listening to me for 25 minutes or half an hour or so. Now, the worst thing about this podcast was it was written last night, last night was Wednesday. The plan was to record it this evening, Thursday, and then release it to you guys Friday. And in that time, obviously, the like we're, we're all firmly kind of sitting in or, or going into those FM doldrums where people are finishing off saves and people are taking breaks and all this kind of thing. And with SI, kind of, they've been just kind of suggesting a hint all week and suggesting a hint for the past couple of weeks. And now, all of a sudden, today, we, we've gotten a, you know, a few good, decent insights, even last night as well. That all of a sudden, you know, FM19 is really starting to be forgotten about. So, you know, I, I can't really say I'm going to delve into too much detail this week. I'll, I'll have a little bit of a chat about some of those uh, leaks and that in a few minutes. But um, because for me, my FM19 adventure is only kind of beginning again. Like I, I did put a blog post out there last week and I did mention it on the pod as well. I was looking for just a save to finish, to win a trophy and finish FM 19 on a bit of a high. So, took FM All Dogs advice and went to Italy to get in before the Calcio buzz. Started up with AC Milan. You know, again, kind of looking at that ideal kind of club. And then with all this kind of rigmarole and all this absolute farcical reactions to Romelu Lukaku and the treatment he's gotten and the latest player like he's the latest player to be treated this way, you know, I kind of just couldn't possibly manage in good conscience in Italy, knowing that this all goes on. And I know it's a virtual world. I know it's an isolated instance. I know out there, there are so many Italian fans who as well, just like the rest of them, are absolutely abhorred by what's just gone on in that case that, you know, it's, it's, it's unfair to tarnish Italian football with that brush that this element is ruining and giving Italian football this name again. But, you know, 
it was uninspiring for me. So, you know, I, I've just said, look, PSV, I bought a PSV top recently, and I said, right, PSV, one season, let's see what we can do. Um, the reason I did pick PSV as well is it wasn't just because I bought the PSV t-shirt off, classic football shirts. That's not a, not a sponsor, not an ad. That's just where I bought it. Um, because PSV, I kind of feel, could set me up a little bit um, for my Argentinian adventure I'm planning for FM20. PSV have a great emphasis on youth system, and of course they do tend to look to South America, so there does tend to be a South American kind of a zest to their squad and their playing style, so that was one kind of a reason that drew me to PSV. With PSV as well, the squad has a distinct style that they are playing at the moment under Philip Koch, who was the manager last I checked. And for me, I want to try and adapt and change that current squad, current style, and bring it to a way I, I'd rather see PSV play. I, I want to play. so. And again, like I said last week, evolving my style on a bit. So taking on the elements of PSV. Again, PSV then, you're kind of your limited financial muscle in the European market, the grand scheme of things. So you're kind of working with tighter budgets. You're looking, you're scouting in a lot internally, looking for prospects. And the folks then will be on developing a high caliber of coaching staff at the club to raise the profile of the players already there. So then, hopefully then, the lessons that I'd learned from PSV, I'd be able to translate across and bring it to FM20. But obviously, FM20 now does have this... Uh, we're starting to get a new and good feel, and possibly, like, a youth development save could possibly be something that, uh, you know, could, could definitely be tempting people to have that type of angle in their save, especially. Um, you know, I haven't... This, this afternoon, I was incredibly busy. Um, like I was, I was working when in school when SI decided to uh, to go through this, the thread of tweets. And then after school, I, I had an interview. That we'll, we'll find out how that went at some point in the future. But so between all of that stuff, I haven't really had time just to sit down and read what Football Manager put up. So in case you haven't seen it, and I'm sure you have, so far what we've been teased with is club vision, development centre, playing time pathway, backroom improvements, and graphical improvements as well. So it's nice to see that, you know, the current game is evolving again and there's going to be a new kind of, new dynamic elements for us to sink our teeth in. So going along from, you know, the board, like I'm going to dedicate all next week's pod to, Hopefully it won't be just this, uh, the same, the same kind of teasers at the minute. The same new details. Hopefully we'll have longer term. But what my initial reaction is, you know, I'm really looking forward to this club vision and the fact that it evolves over a period of time. That you know, clubs have philosophies, and that now these philosophies were coming part of a plan. That seems like a great an evolutionary and progressive step from SI and adding this to the game. And it does have a realistic element. Development centre. A centralised hub for keeping track of potential young players. Brilliant. Can't wait for that. That just seems to streamline a lot of things. Instead of having to jump between multiple screens. Especially if they're out on loan as well. Trying to kind of dabble a bit here and there. And see what's just exactly going on. Playing time pathway. Again a logical improvement. And I think with this now you can also see that there's a change in the squad statuses. 
Now we're going to see new terminology used there. Again, it seems more logical and it's kind of fitting in with the current, um, you know, the current language being used in the football world by the media, by us fans, and especially us football manager players. You know, he's a he's a prospect. So he's, we're, I'm not, we're kind of easing him in with his minutes. This all stuff that comes naturally to us. It's nice to see that so you're taking this on board and introducing it as well. Backroom improvements. So we're going to see new, brand new roles, more interaction, greater advice. So it's great to see now that the staff can step up. You know, I, I've seen suggestions that technical directors coming along, player development. So kind of a case of hopefully if they can improve the um, the in-game intelligence of a director of football, all of a sudden the realism of modern football management can certainly become a you know a, a real experience for us football manager players. I tried with AC Milan to have Leonardo as the director of football and do a little bit of a director of football challenge a bit with it. And he ended up signing I wanted a backup right back. I just kinda of felt I needed a, a backup because of injuries that I sustained during pre season and he went out and signed Alexander Zinchenko. So Again, at making now that I had four left backs at AC Milan at the time, so hopefully we can avoid this kind of, you know, just these little inconveniences, these little bugbears that these real managers, you know, w- would not feel because the director of football would know and have a better understanding of the squad available. And then finally, the last one graphic enhancements. You know, if they keep on updating, making things seem an awful lot better, updates to pitches, so like. Uh, the screenshot I have here, the synthetic pitches available, as well as new player and manager models. They do look a bit realistic, and I am a fan of toy pins, so nice to be able to add that in. To um, nice to be able to add that into to the game, you know. Just well, of course, we do want to see greater changes affecting elsewhere, not these small nice touches. So obviously, people's tweets have started to come up and. You know, I I am looking forward to kind of sinking my teeth into these a bit more. But please get your reactions in for next week's pod. And if there are any more um, announcements that SI make, I know Miles is back kind of polling now instead of doing uh, feature roulette, we're doing feature polls. So get over onto Miles, that's uh, at Miles SI, get onto his Twitter page. Stop giving him abuse and tell him what we want to hear now next. Look at his polls there. We're getting back on track, getting back on topic. This week's topic, episode two, I kind of wanted to, you know, just continue a little bit on from what we were talking about last week and talking about your philosophy, your style, but the kind of the, the tweaks that you'd make to your management, to, sorry, to your side during a game. Like we all know, it, it's it's the, deep, the level of detail we can get into this game is phenomenal. And, you know, we, we can often try and mimic real-life managers. You see your Rafa Benitez is, you know, with incredibly complex hand signals and movements. We've seen managers give players notes to pass on to players on the pitch if they're doing tactical reshuffles. But one of the more interesting things that's kind of arisen for me from my reading, my listening, and my kind of, you know, my love of passion of football has allowed me to, to see is that Managers are now kind of using real-time data and data analysis in games at half-time. So it's a case of a lot of time during matches. What managers are kind of doing is they're not 
trying to influence the play too much. Jurgen Klopp says he just tries to give energy to his players, try and give them a boost, tell them, you know, tell them they're doing great, you know, that kind of cajoling, that kind of ego boosting on the pitch, morale boosting. So I want to keep that kind of chat going because I know a lot of people out there would be constant tinkers, constantly tinkering with their formations, with player instructions, team instructions, so on during a game, where other people might be more thoughtful. Like FM Old Dog was one of those over on Slack, and FM Old Dog says, kind of waits till 60 minutes before he makes a change. That's an, and for me, that's incredibly patient. Now, granted, again, I look to make my own first sub about 60 minutes into a game. That just seems like the right moment for me. The, the patience there, you know, you have to try and be patient. You have to try and watch your patterns. I think that's a big thing in game. And the Twitter poll did reflect that, that I think it was a 60, 55, 60% of the voters on the Twitter poll over on uh, FM, at FM Technical Area. What they've said is that they constantly tinker throughout the game. So it's interesting to see that FM players are constantly tinkering throughout the match. And let's be honest, we all know during a game, sometimes we have to adapt to different circumstances or opposition, whatever it is. And, it's, you know, these tweaks, these changes, we can make them win us games. You know, I know a lot of people out there would not adapt for the weather, but weather conditions can often, you know, if we can adapt to them in the right way, suddenly that could be, a, a, you know, a, a way to win a game. That could set us out on our way. And sometimes you do need to adapt because of a particular strength you have it's for having such good success that you can't ignore for the rest of the game. You know, if a long ball is just working over the top, if you're passing the space is working over the top, or if you're counter-attacking, if a counter-attack has gotten you a goal, you, of course you look to, you know, maximise the effectiveness of where you're finding success in the game. So, like, that's the big thing you need to ask yourself. Where am I finding success in this match? Or over these series of matches, where am I finding success and where are opponents finding success when they're playing against us? Now, mid-game meddling can be the answer, but obviously that does bear the risk that constantly meddling, constantly making adjustments, well, you know, what real impact, what can we really say about those? So, for me... Mid-game meddling, I often ask myself, is this just a knee-jerk reaction to what I've seen in the last uh, highlight shown on screen? Or I have to ask myself, is there a trend of this happening throughout the last game? In this game, has there been a case where, you know, I'm looking, I'm saying, really, am I, am I doing this just to uh, counteract what I've seen in the last highlight? Or is this a definite issue that I need to address? Otherwise, I could be paying a steep and heavy price for it. You know, it's analysing patterns of play and looking at your data, looking at data, that in-game, you know, this, that can be a great eye-opener. Football Manager is full of statistics. It's, as a lot of people describe it, it's an Excel sheet that has moving dots to kind of bring this data to life in the match engine. But when it comes to football manager, when it comes to I'm someone who, you know, I'm not a patient person. I can often be quite impatient. But learning to be patient when playing games and take my time to watch and, you know, make a bigger change rather than small 
constant tweaks all the way through. That that for me has brought me success. You know, I, I, that's why I keep the notebook beside me. I, I I jot things down. You know, it's all minute by minute. Even if it was just like a little sticky note and a sticky pad. I've gone through them in the past where, you know, I'd have one of them for a game. And when, once that match is over, you might stick it into a notebook or you might just crumple it up, throw it away. Or keep them till the end of a, a certain session, an FM session. And then at the end, throw it away. Uh, I just happened to see uh, Rashidi Bustanet had a latest video, a new video about team instructions. And what I gleaned from team instructions is there a need to keep them simple. We just need to keep them simple. Like on that video, what we see from Bustanet is it's just that reminder. Do my team instructions make my side flow from defence to midfield to attack? Do I need all the ones I've selected or can I just basically minimise and be really, really simple with my instructions. Is there a simple way I want to play? And that's something I'd encourage you, and it's because it's something I've done after watching the video. I kind of wrote down really, really simply, in possession, in transition, and out of possession, really simple, what do I want my teams to do? And when it comes to the team instructions, I've actually managed to cut down significantly on the instructions I've been given. And then the obvious thing there with team instructions is are they creating weaknesses in my team and weaknesses that we cannot deal with? So for me, I like my fullbacks to push on. And that obviously exposes when I leave two central defenders. So what I've decided to do now is that I've decided to use my defensive midfielder as an auxiliary centre-back. Centre and that's why I'm really exploring this option with PSV and with Yorick. Hendricks in this role that when my fullbacks would push forward the Hendricks would hold his position either in front just in front kind of like a, a central defender on stopper almost with the two central defenders standard central defenders on defend either side of him this is something I'm just considering and I'm looking at right now recent match analysis at the bottom of your tactic screen I think it is that's also something that's really eye-opening I can help you make little decisions then as well because it obviously tells you patterns, positives, negatives, all of this about your game. And it'll give you some food for thought. You have to think slowly and carefully. Okay, these are the positives, these are the negatives. Am I happy with the negatives? Or if I'm not happy, what changes can I make? And again, look for simple solutions. Don't overcomplicate things. Simple football wins games. That's what I believe anyway. Player instructions, obviously. I'm a vanilla man, more or less. But, like, what? So, that's what I don't really place too much emphasis on them. I pick the roles and I pick the duties because I know what, exactly what I need them to do. Obviously, with Yara Hendricks and the two fullbacks, I do make slight changes. For example, if I'm playing an inside forward, I'll tell the fullback on the inside forward side to stay wider. So that way he doesn't kind of sit in line, possibly with an inside forward. And there's a natural overlap there as well. Player traits as well, you have to consider those when it comes to the player instructions you're giving as well. You know, sometimes a player's traits may add a dimension to the role that the player instructions you have can't. Or you could look to train it so that it's a case of you don't have to give the player instructions. This player will always cut inside from both flanks. 
and that way you can have them change wings during the game. Little things like this, if that's what you're looking for, if you're playing two kind of, you know, inside forwards, inverted wingers, and as we see now, obviously on the new FM20, we can play inverted wingers in the F in the advanced wide roles, which will be really, really interesting to get our, our teeth sunk into. I'm certainly can't wait to see what creative tactics people out there have come up with. So in terms of me with PSV, I'm currently motoring through preseason. I started it last night. I played five games. And I'm loving it. And one of the reasons I think is the players actually don't match my style. They don't match my philosophy. And like I said, you know, last week, I have a given style. My style obviously needs to evolve. But now I'm being put up with a challenge where the players don't match my style. For me, the midfield hasn't got the balance I want. And it's kind of trying to fit some square pegs into round holes. Because defensive midfield-wise... A lot of the defensive midfielders are kind of they're natural centre backs as well. But in terms of centre, they're accomplished central defenders. But in terms of the central defenders, there's no real standout players there. So I've had to drop down to the younger teams and promote from within because I haven't got the financial muscle to go outside. So I'm learning lessons, and this is exactly kind of the the thought process I want to be going through for FM20. And like in other instances then as well, I've got two excellent strikers. You know, I've got a, a team leader in Luke de Jong, team club captain, who's a target man. I don't normally play with a target man. And then I've got Maxi Romero, our favourite FM18 wonder kid, uh, who's a poacher. Now obviously in FM20, he's gonna, he should be starting out at Velez Sarsfield, where he's currently on loan. Velez Sarsfield are a team I'm considering managing. So it's great for me to get used to having Maxi Romero as well in FM19 and kind of seeing, you know, what is what changes his style has had between FM18 and FM19. And what the problem I've had with these two strikers is I found that supply issues and their connectivity, their link of play with the midfield, has been quite poor. The midfield has been quite poor at supporting them. So. What I'm looking for now, what I'm striving for now, is to find a balance in the centre of midfield. Have the centre of midfield become more effective in terms of their link-up play. And out wide, I need my wide players, my full-backs, I need them to feed you know, a better supply and have a better connection in order to feed the strikers and create more chances for us. And obviously, you know, mid-match, I'm not making changes. I'm watching all these issues play out. And I'm seeing, trying to spot patterns. Luke de Jong scored two goals in a friendly. When um, the centre midfielder, who I've said is a playmaker, has pushed forward and played a ball into a channel, which he's kind of, de Jong has moved into and finished. And that's now what I'm looking for. So I'm looking to see how is de Jong still going and what can I do now to ensure that I can keep this pattern of play going into the save. Looking at the stats for passes, looking at the pass combinations, looking at personnels and roles. This is all everything I'm doing now in order to try and, you know, evolve my tactic to tweak and change. I'm not making these changes during the match. I'm watching the match play out in pre-season to learn from my mistakes. And especially because I know this save is not going to go past the season. I'm willing to make mistakes. And I'm willing to be a bit more patient 
so that the lessons I learn now in FM19, I can apply to FM20 when I know the stakes will be a bit higher when I'm looking to play a long-term save. Like, and the other thing then as well, like, that these significant informed decisions I make, I hopefully believe can have a greater impact. That if I am struggling and I make a significant uh, change at half-time, a comeback can happen. And comebacks can happen. Obviously, though, the football manager, they can be few and far between at times. And then, obviously, with training, we can address it with training. And a PSV, that's, I'm going to talk about chance creation. I'm going to talk about chance conversion. And I'm going to put the, them as a high priority as long alongside other uh, training programs, such as attacking movement. At an individual level, then, in order to help my players adapt to my uh, new system, which is something that they are not naturally competent at, then I'm going to focus with them on developing them in the positions I need them to play in with the roles and possibly adding in player traits so that, again, with the player instructions, I don't have to focus too much. That these changes are being made on the training ground, so when it comes to the match day, I don't need to be making these tweaks and changes. And if I do need to make tweaks and changes, they're informed decisions because I know what's been happening day after day. So that's really kind of what I'm trying to get the point across. Is just, you know, if if you're like that, you're taking a break from FM, and you know what your your save is, you have a save in mind for FM twenty. Then of course, what I'd kind of you know suggest doing is maybe fire it up, play one more season, play with a team, and who you wouldn't normally manage in a country you might normally manage in and just experiment a bit with them and see if you can apply the angle you're looking for for FM20, apply it to them, learn your mistakes now. And obviously when these new features come in, we'll have a better understanding of how we can evolve these shapes. So that'll finish off the pod. Obviously a bit heavy, big, heavy discussion there. Thanks to everyone who did get involved in the polls. FM old dog over on Slack for that contribution. Obviously, if um, if you do want to get involved, the pod, the social links are down below. Next week, like I said, episode three, I do want to look at those new features that have dropped in better detail, and I'm going to spend a bit of time over the next week or so trying to sink in my teeth in and try have a chat with other people in the community, hopefully as well, and see what they're saying about uh, and feature. Obviously, what people are saying, you know, get different opinions on about these new features and what way we can use them and um, obviously this is a brand new podcast there's no history behind it so please if you can give us a, a review five star review especially if you really enjoy it or give share the pod in whatever social ways you wish twitter slack whatever way and help us grow and help the audience grow back up to the numbers and to the community that was there when the fm notebook was in its full flow so all the links, all the socials, everything, all down below. Um, I think the spot is up. The pod maybe up on Spotify as well. I'll have to double check that, but it definitely is up on Apple Podcasts. And then the RSS feed. I'll tweet the the link to that will be found at the FM Technical Areas Twitter page if you want to go and check it out there and add add it in to other devices or share it either, whichever works best for you. It will drop next week, episode three. Not sure what day yet, but keep your eyes and ears peeled. 
and keep refreshing that podcast feed and you may see it just appear there randomly one day. But until then, Gaffer Graymo, I'll talk to you next week with all the latest views from the technical area. Thank you.